Hey there, everyone. My name is Emil, and you're listening to the very first episode of Emil in the Morning at Night. And if you're just waking up this fine evening like me, a good morning to you too. During this episode, I speak with a very amazing Ryan Howe from 13 Lucky Monkey. He's a sculptor, he's a gamer, and he makes a pretty badass skull ring if you ask him nice enough. I hope you guys enjoy getting to know him as much as I did. And if you guys want to hear more stuff like this, please don't forget to subscribe. I'll be bringing you conversations about gaming and geek culture every week, so stay tuned. Now if you guys will excuse me, I'm gonna go find a nice cup of coffee to wake me up this evening. Enjoy the episode, you guys. This is episode one of A Meal in the Morning at Night with Ryan Howe. episode one of a meal in the morning at night where I talk to interesting people over a cup of coffee at night and today we have our very first guest Ryan Howe he is a sculptor a jeweler even a martial artist introduce yourself man uh, hello Emil <laughs> what's up dude what's up, what's up? and what's up? to the listeners Mm-hmm. This is weird. This and is pretty weird. And we just kind of met and yeah. I'm already doing something like this with you. You're actually my first guest. Thank How you. How do you feel about that? Um, honored. Honored. Actually, my thing is I have coffee with my guests, but you don't drink coffee. I, I am going to be drinking these two cans of cheap Nescafe espresso by myself. <laughs> That's uh, Nescafe espresso roast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sponsor us, please. So. Let's talk about you. Now, like, what are you into? Um, can you give our listeners like a quick rundown of what you do? Well, basically I'm a sculptor jeweler for 13 Lucky Monkey. Mm-hmm. I've been with the group for seven years now. Yeah. And the reason why I got into sculpting is uh, I used to be a toy collector. Like, I what? was really, really spoiled. Like, every weekend I'd get new toys. Like what kind of toys? Like Gundam build kits, Evangelion, different kinds of action figures, lots and lots of Power Rangers, mechs. Alright, so, so... I never collected the humans though. Okay, so you're mostly into like Japanese stuff? Yeah, like, mostly robots. Mostly giant robots and like... What about Western media? Uh, I'm into a lot of comic books like DC, Marvel. I used to be a hardcore Marvel fan. But, but then... <laughs> but uh, then... I grew up. I mean, I became more mature and became more open to like different different sources of comic media. Like oh, okay. DC, Image, and stuff. Okay, so we're getting off on a tangent then yes. because of me. Um, <laughs> since you were like super into these toys, how did that transition to like sculpting? Oh, okay. So I met Nolly on my birthday, like July 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my mentors brought him to my birthday and we were at where was this? Hooters, Philippines. You're at Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> Where and every good story starts. Exactly. All right. So anyways, I, I met my mentor there, Nolly Coronado. And we were talking about knives since I used to teach uh, knife fighting. Like basic, <laughs> basic knife fighting. All right. Anyways, and he told me like, oh, you're into knives. I can teach you knife throwing. Okay. And I said, cool, can I get your number? And then <laughs> I got his number. A couple of days later, I show up at this place and he was surprised that I was there. 
he thought that I wasn't serious, but I was really serious about the knife throwing. So anyways, uh, he taught me how to knife throw. And then he's, his friend came over. Um, he used to work for Marvel. Okay. He used to sculpt like Marvel zombies and Marvel Civil War figurines. Mm -hmm. And I was also able to help with the thing from the Fantastic Four, doing details for the arm. Was that the first thing you were into, the knife throwing? Or were you into other martial arts first? Um, mostly I got into our niece or Callie or Scream It. I got into it because I was addicted to this game called The Prince of Persia on the PS2. <laughs> not the old not the old Prince not, of Persia. Not the old side scroller one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because in, in this game they had this style of Eskrima called Spade Daga, Sword and Dagger. So okay. that really worked. I mean, I really loved that game. Mm -hmm. And then my friend invited me to, to look for some masters. At first we actually started doing our niece just by buying books and instructionals on how to do the martial art. But then we got curious enough to go to Luneta Park and look for some masters there. All right. And after that, it's like everything's history. Okay, so yes, how exactly. did that turn into your sculpting thing? So anyways, he had a meeting with this guy named Yuri. Uh, mm -hmm. The guy he was working with on the figurines. Uh -huh. And he left me out in the sun for like two hours. He just told me, <laughs> two do, hours. The, do the stance and just throw the knives. And then I just threw knives under the hot sun for like two hours until he came back. Oh wait, so he left you there? Exactly. He didn't question this? No, no, he no. He didn't no. think he was <laughs> messing with you or anything? No, I, I, I was thinking <laughs> that this was, a, this was a test. I was thinking that uh, that was a test. Oh, like, like like a martial arts movie or something like that. Exactly. Like, like so how I, your sensei leaves you alone and like, do this for 10 days. I was thinking that he was testing my dedication to the art, but he was just he wasn't testing me, he was just really busy back then. <laughs> so anyways, he toured me around his place and I, I saw the toys that he made. Like he made a figure of the Sandman mm -hmm. for Neil Gaiman, which Neil Gaiman really liked and asked for it, but he forgot to get it. So so it's still with, with my mentor. Um, actually lost, where are we now? Okay, after the knife throwing, what happened? How did that transition into you actually working for them? You actually apprenticing for them, something like that? Basically, he toured me around this place. I saw his toys. And I asked him, uh, Nolly, can you teach me? Can you teach me how to sculpt? And then he, he said, yes, uh, just come here like every day. After that, I've been with him since 2008. Yeah, Seven years ago. Exactly. Okay. And we eventually got into jewelry and he just tagged me along. So speaking of the jewelry part of this, yeah. 13 Lucky Monkey, you mentioned you work with them, you work for them. Yeah. What do they primarily make? Rings mm -hmm. for um, mostly bespoke biker rings. I don't I don't even really know what bespoke means. Do you know the meaning of that? <laughs> no. I was just about to ask. You're supposed to be the expert. Yeah. Okay. I, I just sculpt. When it gets to the jewelry like nitty-gritty, you sign off on that. Yeah. Okay, basically okay. like uh, we're a team of four. Me, Nolly, Dante. Dante is our manager basically. Mm -hmm. He does all the PR, he sells everything. Without him, there wouldn't be 13 Lucky Monkey. My other co-sculptor, uh, David. Yeah. David, okay. Yeah. So, um, what kind of clientele do you guys get? Like, before we started recording actually, yeah. I looked it up yeah. and I saw that you guys like mostly make um, skull rings. Exactly. And I actually watched a video of like um, how 13 Lucky Monkey got started. Yeah. And they were saying like they just wanted to make jewelry that fit their biker lifestyles. Exactly. Because the skull rings available on the market just didn't suit their tastes. So they were like, why don't we make our own? 
That's a very specific thing to be selling. What kind of clientele do you guys get? Uh, uh, I mean, would you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of rock stars, some Hollywood actors for for high profile. Oh, really? High profile like customers. You yeah. mind? Is it all right to say like um, who your high profile customers are? Or, I'm or? not sure. Wait. We actually mentioned this at a talk we did at CSB, so... <laughs> so it should be okay here. Yeah, we had Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner! And... You made a skull ring for Hawkeye. But I didn't make that uh, myself. Oh, you didn't make that ring? Yeah. I did, however, make a ring for the bassist of this rock band. Um, let me... Let's... I think we should carry on. <laughs> I forgot the name. Wait, wait. No uh, problem, no problem, man. Speaking of, like... Yeah. You mentioned that you didn't make Jeremy Renner's ring specifically. That just makes me think like, do you guys not mass produce these rings? Are these all like one of a kind? They're all they're all one of a kind. Like uh, if you order one ring, we'll specifically tailor that ring for you. Like if you're interested in manga and stuff, we'll incorporate some design elements into the, that ring. All so right. basically the process is we sit down with the client for like three hours, talk to him, and then Dante sketches out the design and mm -hmm. then Whoever fits the design, I mean skill-wise, will get the project. I think like in the art world, it's mostly just solo artists. I'm just comparing this to the music world. Okay. In the music world, you mostly have bands and then you have your solo, art, solo artists. Yeah. Here, in the art world, it's mostly solo artists and you rarely get like, like bands. You rarely get... Group. This group of artists that are doing yeah. stuff together. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So we're kind of like a band, but in the art world. From 2008, if I'm getting that correctly, you just started from scratch? You yeah. didn't know anything about sculpting? Exactly. I have no like artistic in any artistic background before meeting Nolly. Yeah, that's why I believe in yeah. like no talent. I, I don't believe in talent, basically. Because I proved it to myself. The only thing that determines uh, how good you get is the time and the effort that you give to your craft, whatever that craft may be. I was just about to ask that actually. Like, for a lot of people, um, 2008, you were already pretty old by then, right? Yeah, I was 22. 22? Wait. I think I was 20. I just turned 22 or 21. I don't remember. It's okay. been a long time. Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. A lot of people will tell you, or like, at that age, it's very rare for someone to actually start picking up on a discipline, you know what I mean? A lot of people say, if you want to get your kids into music, you gotta start them young. If for ballet, you start them young. For violin, you start them young. But like you, you started sculpting at 21, 22. You made a career out of it. It flies in the face of what everyone says about how you should be learning. Was it difficult for you? It wasn't difficult for me because once I got into sculpting, it was everything to me. I mean, I'd sculpt from day till night and sometimes I'd sculpt from day to night till the next day. And I'd even dream of sculpting. I mean, I was that right. intense into sculpting. I was super intensely addicted to it. So like, what helped you? Was it just like intense focus when it comes to practice? Do you just tend to have like a schedule? Oh, I have a schedule. The schedule is I wake up, I read a book, I work out, and then... Wait, this is boring. Anyways, <laughs> let's go on. No, no, no. Yeah. It's okay, it's okay. I have no schedule. Yeah. I have absolutely no schedule. But to some people, I know it's important. Yeah, for, for me, like, the reason why I have a schedule is... I want to get some somewhere uh, in my life. I, I, okay. don't, I don't want 
things to be random. I want to have control over my reality. I just want to mention I'm also a long-distance runner. Like, you need to have discipline in everything. Um, speaking of long-distance running, so where does that come in? We talked about the martial arts, we yeah. talked about the knife throwing, and how that transitioned to sculpting. You're On top of that, you're also a long-distance runner. How do you get into that? Uh, basically, my cousin kind of tricked me into it. Tricked? <laughs> yeah, basically, like, he told me, uh, Ryan, why don't you join me for, for this run? Uh, look at the difference in price. It's, it's just like 200 pesos. Why don't you run the 21k? So basically, he, he kind of convinced me. And, and I told him my routine. Like, uh, he knows where I run. So I told him I run seven laps around that place. Okay. And, I, and he said, if you can run like seven rap, laps around that place, um, you can do 21 for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, All right. on the day of the run, he gets sick, and it's only me So running. you just run alone? Yeah, I run alone, 21k. Without the guy that got you into this? Exactly. So is that really a trick, or, or, or was that just a cruel twist of fate? It was, I think it was a cruel twist of fate. But, then mm -hmm. again, when, you, when you're running like at extreme distances, you go through so much pain, and you hear mm -hmm. like, all of your demons come out. And okay, we're getting pretty deep here. Yeah. All right. All of your demons come out. Like you hear all of the regrets. You hear your mind like complaining. Like, do you want to die? What oh. are you doing? Why didn't you stop? I felt that before with like ten minutes on a treadmill. <laughs> I have no idea how you do what you do. Okay, so that's important to you because yes. like it helps you be introspective, things like that. Yeah. I've only recently met you, but that's something I've, I've realized about you. Yeah. You have a very interesting zen outlook when it comes to life. With, with all the things you do, you're into so many things. You have so much on your plate, so much to do. But yet you still maintain this like zen outlook in life. How do you manage that? Basically, I look at my life as being... I, I used to be an addict with video games, mostly Japanese RPGs like we mentioned, right? So basically, I look at my life now as a video game. So sticking with my schedule, running, sculpting, and doing martial arts. So like you're grinding for levels in your job classes. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm leveling leveling up my character. Okay. Basically. So, so wait, are you still into video games now? I haven't been playing in a while because What is the most recent thing you played? Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, which one? Uh one and two. You're doing way better than me? Because yeah. I have never played an Assassin's Creed game. It's, <laughs> it's I mean it's addicting. You get to kill people. As a martial artist, you train and train and train. Uh-huh. But you never really get to apply these things. Oh uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. But and then with Assassin's Creed, you can release all of that. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So yeah. like, um, you use gaming as an outlet, then? I used to, but now like. Now you my, don't my, get the game as often. Yeah, my my life is my video game. That's pretty cool. You're still a gamer. I mean, you haven't been able to game, but you retained like. The, the gaming, mindset. The gaming yeah. mindset yeah. of like grinding for levels and like hard work pays off. Exactly. And like strategizing. Yeah. So you haven't been on the gaming scene in a while. Yeah? Yeah. Haven't been there in a while. Actually, like I can sort of relate. I actually skipped the console generation. The last console I owned was a PS2. I am not going to miss out on the PS4, so I'm actually saving up for a PS4 right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna miss out on it because I missed the entire PS3 era. Yeah. And 
Never, I, never got to play PS3, by the way. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. I've never played a PS3 game in my life. Uh, I've never owned a console. And from the way I'm speaking, you can probably tell I'm a PlayStation fanboy because I'm not even mentioning the Xbox or anything like that or anything else. Same here. Same here. Mostly right now, though, I'm a I'm a PC gamer these days, actually. Yeah. Are you an into any PC games because like usually I try to get in touch with you yeah. I try to get in contact with you you are not online you are not on the grid do you like spend a lot of time online in front of the PC uh, I use the PC as a means of um, getting like references for for whatever I'm sculpting and whenever I'm sculpting I'm listening I'm listening to audiobook oh you were doing that when yeah. I walked into your house a while ago yeah yeah, yeah. You I were was listening, listening to, an to what was that Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now I listen to a lot of the lot and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Where were we? <laughs> yeah. W what was I talking about? Did I just lose my own place? I think so. This yes. is supposed to be my job. I'm yeah. supposed to be the one keeping us in place and I have failed us. Okay, so you haven't gotten into a video game or anything recently. But what about other geeky stuff? I've been reading like a lot of comic books. Comic recently. books? You know, Co comic books and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've been trying to get addicted to. I'm looking for a good anime base. You know, as for the comic book thing, a lot of people will talk to me about comic books and everything will just fly over my head. I'm into the Marvel stuff, I'm, I'm into the DC stuff, but I've never just sat down and read comic books. Mm. For me, I really like the art of comics, and but for the most part, I'm kind of liking the stories more. Okay. So I'm, appreciate, I'm appreciating like good stories more rather than actual art. And then you mentioned that you're getting into anime yeah. recently. Like, again, again, getting what, back into it. What, an, what animes have you watched recently? Uh, the recent ones that I've watched is The Devil's a Part-Timer. The recent one that I got into just before you got here, mm -hmm. I was watching episode 1 and 2 of Prison School. Prison School. Yeah, very perverted and very <laughs> funny. That's Kangoku yeah. Gakuen. Yeah, my girlfriend and I, we actually picked up the manga before the anime ad adaptation happened. And we didn't even know the anime adaptation was happening. So it's kind of pretty amazing seeing it transition yeah. from the pages to the animation because usually it turns out bad. The, the animation is really, really good. I think it, it retained its funny tone. Yeah. That's the great part about it. You actually don't mention Western media a lot, yeah. but you're wearing an Adventure Time shirt. You're yes. wearing an Ice King shirt right now. Um, <laughs> I love Adventure Time because because it's really deep into like D and D mm -hmm. and role playing games. So specifically Adventure Time though. Yeah, specifically Adventure. You're not time. into any of the other popular shows these days, like you know Gravity Falls. Never Steven watched Universe. Steven Universe. I'm into that. I yeah. never watched an episode of Steven Universe. It's. Uh, it's good, mm -hmm. but it's not as good as Adventure Time. I am super behind, by the way. Yeah. Like, like I haven't watched since like, uh, what season? Like season four or something like that. Yeah. What season are they on right now? I think they stopped at season six. Six. Okay, yeah. so I'm two seasons behind. So please pardon my lack of knowledge on on the next seasons. But like, what blew my mind about Adventure Time before? I would just watch it and it would just seem like a really fun-ass show, you know what I mean? Like, like it's just Finn and Jake adventuring in the land of Ooh and whatever. Yeah. And it's like fun monsters and like dungeons and things like that. And then, I'm not sure if I just realized it by myself yeah. or if someone pointed this out to me. I started realizing Adventure 
Adventure Time would show like something modern within the setting of the universe, like a rusted old car. Basically old technology. Yeah. The setting of Adventure Time is it's a thousand years after like an apocalyptic the, uh, war. Yeah. Right? Like after our, our own timeline. Mm -hmm. Um a thousand years after. What happened was there was the Great Mushroom Wars. Yeah, which which stands for the mushroom cloud that uh, happens after a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Exactly. Uh -huh. And basically everything mutated and Finn's the only human in, in, in the whole of... Uh, That's ooh, why they call him yeah. Finn the Human. It, I think the episode I realized it was when they were playing on top of a broken skyscraper yeah. and there was like a really wrecked chopper there. The mood was super different from what Adventure Time is. It looks like more realistic than the rest of the art style. I'm like, what the hell is this doing here? Yeah. What the hell is this giant skyscraper with a wrecked helicopter doing here? Then they went underwater and then there was like a city underwater, a completely mm -hmm. submerged city. And then I just realized, wow, there's so much more to Adventure Time than I realized. I need to catch up, man. Yeah. I need to catch up. So you mentioned you're mostly into Japanese RPGs, right? Yeah. Mostly Japanese RPGs. But I did also play like Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. You're into RPGs. Are you into MMORPGs? No, never played an MMO. <sighs> Too bad. Uh, <laughs> like, I won't ramble on about MMOs. I'll yeah. do that during an episode when I'm with an MMOer. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't want to bore you with my stories of like grinding for hours and wasting my life on World of Warcraft or Ragnarok Online. But wait, I did try like playing World of Warcraft for like two hours. I don't know, I, I, like, I like the stories of actual like single player RPGs. Yeah, because I would think yeah. that um, the universe, the lore of Warcraft would be appealing to someone like you who likes the idea of like finding a path for your hero. Yeah. yeah. I think you should try it out, but <laughs> it's probably gonna be really disruptive to your lifestyle. It's ill-advised. It's ill-advised. I wouldn't recommend it. I avoid distractions these days because I have so little time for myself. Now we have so many orders mm -hmm. that, well, basically we have a lot of backlog these okay, days. Okay. And that's, that's also why I'm training a couple of uh, people like Donna here to help out with the actual work. Yep, Donna is on the side. She hasn't made a peep. Say hi, Donna. <laughs> yeah, she's in the room. She's in the room. So you guys actually need more help. Like on average, like every week, how many projects do you have to go through? The maximum amount of rings that I can do in a week is around four. Mm -hmm. But that's like on a good week. Okay. I usually churn out like two. If the project's kind of difficult, I only churn out like one a week. Mm -hmm. It depends on like how difficult the project is. Like if it were a skull, I'm so used to doing skulls, I can make a skull ring in like five hours. The first time I made a skull it took me like a month. A month? Yeah, a month to finish and wow. now I can do it in five hours. All right. Like a good, a good, um... A good skull, yeah. basically. A good skull took you a month. Yes. And now it just takes you five hours. Actually, my five hour skull is a lot better than my one month skull. <laughs> It feels good to feel the progress. Yeah, you, <laughs> you basically see how much you've leveled up through the years. Oh, there you go again with integrating gaming into your life. Yeah. Like with the martial arts, mm -hmm. the reason why I got into it, every kid mm -hmm. has dreamed of being a knight, a samurai, or even the Batman growing up as a kid. Uh -huh. I wanted to be a ninja, yeah. Yeah, and ninja. And a pirate. And a at pirate. The, yeah, at the same time. So basically, I'm using my life as a medium uh, to live out my childhood dreams. Okay. 
gaming really made an impact with you when you were younger, yeah? Yes, so, and especially Dragon Ball. Because with Dragon Ball, it basically teaches you um, everything about hard work and mm -hmm. the games of hard work. During a convention, they asked me to give a talk on like game design and stuff like that. Yeah. And they were asking how gaming has affected your life. I think my version of that story for you yeah. is um, actually Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. That was my first big RPG as a kid. Like my big boy RPG as a kid and like my first serious game. As a kid, I was a kid. Yeah. So I was like, okay. How old were you back then? I don't like, remember. 1997. Yeah. I was probably around nine or 10. Yeah. When I was playing um, Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Yeah, so I had just begun to understand games and like, I knew how to win. Yeah. That was all I knew how. And then I realized that if you hold the shoulder buttons, mm -hmm. your characters start running away. Okay. And then if you hold it long enough, my characters run away and I don't need to fight these guys. Mm -hmm. So after making that huge discovery, I was like, I can just keep running. I can just keep running and I can just keep advancing the story without needing to fight. I yeah. mean, the occasional boss battle here and there, I can get through that. I don't need to deal with the garbage. And then I got to this village called Nibbleheim. Mm -hmm. I was faced with this boss. It's very vivid in my head. Yeah. It's called the Materia Keeper. Okay, you didn't have enough levels to defeat the boss. Exactly. Yeah. It was this huge ass scorpion thing, really intimidating. <laughs> For the first time ever, I couldn't beat the boss. Mm -hmm. I made it across the continent. I, I got through the Golden Saucer. I got through <laughs> Cosmo Canyon. I got through every other boss in the game. And then I got to this boss and it would just steamroll me every time I tried to like fight him. So like after a week of like trying and trying and suddenly like this switch just flipped in my head and I'm like, you can't run away from your battles. They make you stronger. <laughs> exactly. So like that was my gigantic realization as a kid. And like that was one of the biggest impacts of video games to me when I was younger. Basically, mm -hmm. the obstacle is the way. All of these things in your way, you can't just walk around them. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like that's something that's hard to teach. And you get to learn those things through video games. Yeah, exactly. Because usually like a lot of people will tell you like video games are bad for you, they'll rot your brain, yeah. you're wasting your time. But like video games as a medium, yeah. like for storytelling and we mostly learn from stories. Yes, we do. I mean, that's why we have fables and yeah. stuff like that, but right? The reason why we learn through stories the most is because of our natural empathy. We oh, can yeah, put yeah, ourselves yeah. in the position of uh, whoever the main character is. So we get more information out of like whatever the story is about. Right? And like with video games, that's just amplified even more because yeah. you're controlling that character. It's interactive storytelling. Mm -hmm. That's you. And a couple of your friends in the game actually die, so you know yeah, what exactly. loss is. Uh, yeah. up some thunder here. Uh, <laughs> it looks like it's about to rain, guys. But anyways, that's my experience. That's my experience. Nowadays, you're not really into video games. You haven't been caught up on like video game news or anything like that. Yeah. Um, there's actually something I want to show you. Okay. Um, did you hear that, since I was just talking about FF7 actually, did you hear that um... They're doing a remake. Yes, yes exactly. Yes, for the PS4, right? You said you weren't up to date on gaming news. <laughs> I was this, about is, to... this is FF7. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. I was 
I was so excited to break this news <laughs> to you, and you already know. But have you seen anything about it? Uh, no, not not actually. Okay, okay, okay. I'm still one step ahead of you. I just read like a short snippet about it. So actually, um, what we're gonna be looking at for Ryan here, I know this is an audio format, and this is probably great for podcasting, me showing videos, but like I'm gonna be showing Ryan um, the E3 2015 trailer for the FF7 remake. Here, let's just start it up right now. Just tell me what you think of it. Long ago, mm -hmm. we looked upon a foreboding sky. You've never seen this, right? I've never seen this. Okay. Oh, this looks really good. Right? Right? Yeah. Is it bananas? Exactly. Wow. The, the slide! Yeah. It's the slide, man. And kids playing with silence. swords. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's really good. Yet with each it looks so fucking good, though, right? Yeah. Those encountered were they all look so, so real. <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. Oh, man, we sound like old men, like being amazed by technology. Back in my day, <laughs> back in my day, Cloud was made of Legos. Exactly. <laughs> Here, it's really good. You kids complain about slow internet. <laughs> back in my day, loading a picture took ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It may bring fear. Here you go. But let us embrace whatever. Here you go. Here you go. Here's the bigger bill. Barrett. Barrett. Nice. Are coming back. Cloud. I can see the little and details, the little nicks on the sword. Has been yeah. Nice details. What's the name of the wolf thing again? Red 13? <laughs> Remake! Yeah. Alright. It looks really good, but I probably won't be playing that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go again yeah. with your like too busy for life thing. But. You know, uh, I kind of—I've been doing this thing instead of playing. Mm -hmm. I download like videos of people playing actual games and just oh, like watch. let's plays. Yeah, like okay. I actually just watch people playing the actual game. Like I did that for Legacy of Cain, um, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver Two, and wait, Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver Two, and Defiance. Huh? I did not expect to be talking about this. Yeah. Uh, Are you a fan? I, I watch Let's Plays all the time. I, like I said earlier, I skipped the console generation. Yeah. So, I no PS3, <laughs> I skipped all those games, I skipped like the, the Xbox One, yeah. Xbox 360, I skipped all of those. I don't have a Wii. Yeah. The last console I had was a PS2, so I have no way to experience these games. So, I watch Let's Plays all the time. Yeah. yeah. For me, I watch it while I'm sculpting. Oh yeah? So basically, I'm getting work done and I'm getting entertained at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But most of the time, it's mostly audiobooks. Alright. So, so I'm learning while I'm sculpting. So I'm developing two things. Oh, wow. You're a really busy guy. I like, I like maximizing my time because our life here on Earth is very, very short. We need to squeeze like every droplet of life out of it. I like that outlook. Like, because you can die any like any time. It oh. doesn't matter what your age is. Like, you can get run over. Giant bummer, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's 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 how I look at life. Uh, no, 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 that no, no, no. that makes me like 
get up and go and do everything that I need that needs to be done. Nah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk more about let's plays, or is that is that just like a small part of your life? And that's a very small part of my life. Okay, okay, because like me, I consume hours on end just watching <laughs> let's plays. Because like I have no time to play this game, or I have no means to play this game. But yeah. sometimes the biggest let's plays that I am really into are of them playing games that I played and loved. Because I love seeing other people. I people's did that reactions. for Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's really fun seeing how other people react to the same game that you played because yeah. it can be super different. Getting back to that FF7 remake though, yeah. what do you think? Would that push you to buy a PS4? Because it pretty much pushed me. I mean, it's pretty good, but that wouldn't push me to buy a PS4 because. It's not really like a priority. I mean, gaming isn't a priority in my life because I myself am a character. Mm -hmm. I sometimes have days when I go out in, in the sun. It's like when I look at stuff, I go, nice graphics. <laughs> <laughs> you would be a fan of the subreddit or outside. It's just people pretending that life is a, is a game. I, I didn't know that yeah, even yeah, yeah, existed. Yeah, yeah. I hate that NPC guy who works at DMRT. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's how they talk on that board. Yeah. It, it's just them talking about life, but on video game terms. Yeah. It's kind of like how you live your life. Uh, you should I'll, check I'll it out sometime. It. Yeah, yeah. You probably ask Donna to send you a link or something. Yeah. Um, not gonna push you to buy a PS4 like me. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> huh. So, um, you've moved on from games, but you still feel that you're a geek. It's still a massive part of your life, even though it's not an active part of your life. It basically shaped me into who I am today. Cause okay. not just gaming, just uh, cartoons. I used to tell time by what cartoon was playing on on. No, same on here. TV. Seven Thirty Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like growing up, my mom and my dad separated. Okay. Growing up. Right. And they, they did their own things. My dad has had his own like different family. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up on t uh, on cartoons on TV. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's where I got my moral compass. Huh. Yeah. Alright. But like cartoons these days, they're not as I mean they won't teach you about morals as much as the cartoons did before. So okay. I'm a bit worried about the kids these days. <laughs> yeah. I haven't turned on the TV in forever. Yeah, like, I haven't watched TV in a while. I, I believe that's a mass uh, hypnosis machine. <laughs> really? Like training okay. people to become uh, consumers. I can get that. Like, yeah. like I keep saying, we've only known each other for a little while. You seem to have this very unique outlook in life. I wanted to interview you specifically because you're not a gamer. Yeah. You're, you're, I used to be. <laughs> you've like transcended the status of gamer and now you're like something like a meta gamer instead of actively partaking in the consumption of the media the video games the comics the 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 cartoons instead of actively participating in the consumption of them you're actually just applying your experiences from them in real life like how you work on your sculpting or how you work on your martial arts that's how you treated your video games and to me that's interesting like i was studying game design for a while and one of the massive things they would always discuss is um, how video games can be used as a form of media to impart a message or like actually tell a story or in the bigger frame of things actually as a form of education yeah and hopefully that 
that does happen in the future. Yeah, man. I mean, we do have like educational games these days. Educational but, games are but like they're like uh, educational game. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like educational games are probably that's the thing. They're not a game. Yeah. I think back when they were making educational games, people had a very loose understanding of what However, a game was. I did enjoy Cash Flow. The video. What's game. that? What's that? It's I've never a, heard of that. It's a game based on Robert Kiyosaki's book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's kind of like Monopoly, but sort of not like Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you manage money. Yeah, you manage money, and the game, the goal of the game is to get out of the rat race, get getting out of your nine to five job and joining the, the new rich, the super rich. This is fascinating. I've never heard of this game before. Look for it. It's, okay, it's okay. really good. I'll I mean, check it out. I'll check it make, out sometime. It'll make finance is interesting to you. I've never heard of that. Back in the day, I think, like, back when we were kids, I think they had a very loose understanding of what a video game is. Yeah. I think they just saw it as an interactive medium. I mean, at its core, that's what it is. It's yeah. an interactive medium. But instead of utilizing the medium... To its fullest potential. To its fullest potentials, exactly. They just got the traditional way of educating people and just put it in an interactive format yeah. without utilizing any of the things. They basically, like, they weren't actually thinking. They, they just wanted to do something. They just repeated the past and... Like, in a new medium yeah, that they didn't fully understand and yeah. didn't fully utilize. Yeah. But, like, I think these days, it's coming to a point where, like, you can actually learn things from video games. Actually take something with you after yeah. you finish the game. But you, on the other hand, you've been doing this since we were kids. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't usually do consciously. Because these days, we're making an effort to reach that point in the medium. We're making an effort to try to understand the storytelling, try to impart a message to people. There are artistic games all over the place. There's, there's, there's Transistor, there's Bastion. Mm -hmm. Same company. Um, <laughs> with you, you already saw this as a kid. Yeah. And you already... Um, I, I was... I was a loner as a kid, and, oh, and right. I think I was—I'm still pretty much a loner these days. I—I I see my life as a game, right? Yeah. So I look at my strengths and weaknesses objectively. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, one of my strengths was martial arts, physical endurance, and stuff like that. Those are my strengths. So I look for my weaknesses. What are my weaknesses? All right. My weaknesses is public speaking. Public my, speaking. All my right. My weaknesses is. You do uh, know you're on a podcast right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I guess it's super different because we're in your room, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this isn't very public. This is my comfort zone, basically. Oh, okay. Then it's a good thing we're holding this in your room. Yeah. All right, all right. And uh, what do you call okay, this? Your weaknesses. Yeah. My weaknesses is like talking to people, basically. Which I'm doing now. Oh, come on, man. You're doing yeah. all right. You're doing um, all right with me. Like in the past, I wouldn't talk all day. Oh, wow. I was that shy. So you were that awkward kid. Yeah, yeah. I was that awkward kid. Uh -huh. But then I saw these things as my weaknesses and I decided, decided to work on them. I decided to work on them. Huh. I actually joined a group of uh, pickup artists for a time. What? Yeah, just to get out of my shell. <laughs> what? And when was this? Like way back uh, when? Back when you were a teenager? What? College. 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 Yeah. Okay, okay. That sounds like something like yeah. people would do in college. Because pickup artists. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty big jump from your shy guy who doesn't socialize very often. You yeah. took like the straight leap down the cliff to pick up artist group. Yes. What the hell, man? <laughs> I had some friends who were in there, so I decided I need this to get out of my shell. From there, and like, like a couple of months ago, I studied 
just online, like public speaking and stuff. And he, and they even made a curriculum about it. You made the curriculum for yourself. Yes. Wow. And then okay. we did the public speaking thing at, at? Uh, CSB SDA. CSB. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard about that. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. I kind of prepared myself way before that. Okay. Before doing that, and that talk was super, super random. Because our manager uh, Dante was supposed to do the talk himself, but he thought that but... the talk was on Wednesday. It was actually on Monday. Oh. So what happened was, it was just me and Nolly. Just like your running thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, so random. He sent like a PowerPoint presentation to the to the organizers. Mm-hmm. And we did the talk without knowing what was on the slides. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so imagine the, the situation. So I was super nervous, but then practicing the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. That audiobook you were listening to just a while ago, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. practicing that. Because um, in the future, you get anxiety. In the past, you get regret. Okay. So okay, be, being in the now, you forget all of your worries and just do what you have to do. So that's what we did. And we turned out pretty great. Hmm. I'd like to think, I'd like to think so. So you giving this talk at CSB, was that your first time actually public speaking? Like for a- For, for a big, for, for a group that big, yeah. What was the time frame between you setting up a curriculum for yourself for public speaking and you actually giving that big talk? I did the curriculum around January to Feb. And, and the then, talk. and the talk was just three weeks ago. Within the same year. Yeah, within the same. All year. right. Yeah. You really Things like fall into place. You really like just jumping into the thick of things. Yeah. That's that's. Because hmm? here, here's my idea. If you go at it slowly, if you go at the weak, uh, for example, if you're fighting monsters, if you go at the weak monster, you get like little experience. If you go okay. after the bigger monster, you get more the, experience. The more you get more experience. But if you go after like the big monster, that there's a chance you can die. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Just like Goku, like he he fights Frieza without being. I mean, he goes at it without being really that prepared. So he pushes his. You're a fan of trying to take down something bigger than you. Exactly. So to... so when I fail. It's alright. It's alright. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's an interesting mindset. So you take on things bigger than you. So when you fail, it's alright because it was beyond you. But if you succeed. Yeah, you gain awesome. massively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, level yeah. up faster. Mm-hmm. And like in real life, even if you do fail, you still gain a ton from it. You know what I mean? Experience, experience. Like, I'm not talking experience points, I'm talking about the experience. I was thinking experience points. Everything's experience points. Everything is a game to you. The last thing I want to talk about is like, you worked for 13 Lucky Monkey, right? Yeah. Like I mentioned a while ago, you guys create badass biker skull rings, and you guys are into biker culture. I'm the only non-biker, by the way, in the group. I was actually about to say that. Like, (laughs) I I checked the website, I checked the videos, I did my research before this interview. I checked out the 13 Lucky Monkey people. They look the part. They look like bikers. They have tattoos. Leather jackets. Leather jacket. They're, they're... I'm the only non-biker in the group, but recently I've been getting pressured to go, go and buy a bike. Really? So, because so, like... You've been with them for seven years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm the only one who doesn't have a bike. Because I'd rather run. <laughs> oh, right. You're a long distance yeah. runner. Yeah. You would... So, I, I used to, like last year. Like, I'm just imagining like like yeah. a biker gang with you running behind them, <laughs> just just like catching up. Mm. Like last year, I was teaching. Um, 
I was teaching basic knife fighting at the one school along Buendia Corner. I forgot. I'm sorry. Somewhere in Makati. Somewhere yeah, in Makati. Somewhere in okay, Makati. Okay, okay. So the one school. The one school. Okay, okay. All yeah. right. I teach there, and then after class, I run from there to my house here mm-hmm. through Edsa. So that's like wait. 30... Your house here. Yes. That's and like where that's Kezonav. Yeah. To Makati. Yeah. No, it was the other way around. From Makati. From to Makati, Makati to Kezonav. Yeah. With my backpack on, with the laptop inside, and my sticks, my weapons, my I I I even wear the. This is what I wear basically when I'm running. Okay, home. so slacks, a leather belt, steel-toed shoes. Yeah. Okay. That's and and how far away is that? It's around 13 kilometers. And this is like a daily thing for you before? That's uh, once a week. Still pretty bananas though. Getting back to the thing we were talking about, yeah. like like um, the bikers. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the bikers and how like you're you're the only non-biker and. If I were to meet you on the street and we yeah. didn't know each other, you look like a pretty clean-cut dude. You look like the type of dude that would be like working at a bank or like <laughs> I try like working try. at a bank, working some office job. If I were to bump into you on the street, I would never assume that you're I would never assume that you've been hanging out with bikers for 7 years. I, I do that on purpose. I dress like counter to my lifestyle mm-hmm. to avoid being stereotyped. If I did dress like them, people would already label me right before like actually talking to me. Okay, so, so you're I, not a fan of the labels. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not a fan of labels. So if you forget your past, you can be whoever you want to be. Like, I play around with my looks. Okay. I'm not that attached to who I am. Because I, that I am, way you can be anyone you want to be. Yeah. Still with the gaming, still yes, with the gaming, exactly. still with the avatar. So you're this blank slate that you're constantly reinventing. Yeah. Okay, before we end, <laughs> I think the rain is going bananas outside. Yeah. Before we end, is there anything you want to share? Are there any events you've been doing? Is there a way we can contact you? You can check out our work at 13LuckyMonkey on Instagram. 13LuckyMonkey on Instagram. There's no S at the end. Okay, not monkeys. Yeah. Monkey. Yeah. Okay. People always get that wrong. And 13 as in one three, right? Yes. Uh, the website I visited, I actually visited a while ago. It was www.13luckymonkey.com. You can enroll in these classes at the Set Artist Run Space at Unit S3B on the third floor, the Gallery Building on Marsolo Street, Makati. It's near Cinema Square, and you can contact them at 0917-657-9761. This is sculpting class, okay? Yeah. Uh, how long do classes usually take? Um, five hours. Five hours, so it's just like a walk-in kind of thing? I think you have to contact the number. Oh, okay, okay. So if you're interested in more details about the sculpting class, I guess just try to contact the number, okay? Yes. As for me, um, you can find us on www.facebook.com slash Emil in the morning at night. Do you have a Twitter? No. <laughs> I only have a Facebook. I have a Twitter, but... Maybe this podcast can help me use my Twitter. Um, you can find me at at Emil Tang. That's at E M I L E T A N G. That's it. I hardly use my Twitter, so if you want to get in touch with us through there, maybe that could work. And that's it for now. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. If ever you want to come on again, like if 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 there's a Thank you to everyone for joining us for another episode of A Meal in the Morning at Night. And if you're like me, thank you for starting your day with us this fine evening.
to the rest of you people out there, a good night.